welcome to another MLEX podcast. I'm Laurel Henning, a Sydney-based senior reporter for MLEX, and it's great to have your company. In today's edition of MLEX's podcast, we look at the antitrust woes of one of the world's largest companies, Google. The US tech giant stands alone among its peers in its adversarial relationship with California's Attorney General Rob Bonta, and it's facing new legal action from the US Department of Justice over its allegedly abusive monopoly in the display advertising industry. The DOJ case is, in part, the result of years of work done by the California Department of Justice. The state has been investigating and prosecuting Google for years and is currently involved in two other antitrust-related actions against the company. Here to discuss the legal headaches of this international juggernaut are two of MLEX's US-based reporters, Chief Global Digital Risk Correspondent Mike Swift and Senior Correspondent Mike Acton, who both join me now from San Francisco. Now, I'm going to begin with Mike Acton and the latest US Department of Justice lawsuit against Google. So, Mike, what are the accusations against Google in this new case brought by the DOJ, as well as, of course, eight states? So to understand this, you really sort of need to have a sort of elemental understanding of how the advertising technology market works. And basically, if you go on any website by any publisher, if it's a news website, um, whatever, and you see these ads that pop up on the screen, What's happened there is that there's been a real-time process of matching you up with an advert. And so the allegation against Google is that what it essentially did is, in the late 2000s, basically bought its way into the market with an acquisition of a company called called DoubleClick, which operated what's called a, a publisher server, which is where publishers, website publishers go to find advertisers to, who will buy space on their websites when you click on their website. Uh, and since then, the DOJ and the states accused Google of essentially creating a moat around that business, uh, a series of uh, actions which have had the effect of excluding competition, also sort of co-opting uh, other players in the industry like Meta and Amazon, who are not actually defendants in the lawsuit, of agreeing not to innovate new products which would have bypassed what's called the ad tech stack. So Google's accused of controlling all sides of that market and from that, levying excessive fees uh, from any spend that advertisers make to place their ads on people's websites. Uh, and the DOJ says that that reaches around 30 cents on the dollar of uh, every uh, dollar spent on the on the ad tech market that Google operates. It's been a long time coming. Uh, part of the reason it's been delayed, I think, is because Google has been carefully trying to uh, have DOJ antitrust chief Jonathan Cantor recused from the case because of his criticism of the company and uh, his past life as a, as a private attorney. Okay, so and as you've pointed out there, these issues have obviously been bubbling away for some time. But how does this litigation uh, compare with the litigation in New York? Yes, so the allegations in the complaint are broadly similar. The narrative is somewhat different. The, the way the, the complaints are, are, are written is somewhat different. It's true that the Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton and a group of re- Republican states filed a lawsuit against Google alleging similar things way back in 2020. That case was initially filed in Texas, in the Eastern District of Texas. This brings us to uh, the subject of rocket dockets. So rocket dockets in federal courts, cases typically move with a sort of glacial slowness. And the Eastern District of Texas is considered a rocket docket where a case will move along much quicker 
than it would in other federal courts, which are much busier. It obviously depends on uh, the where the case is filed. New York is a very busy docket. There's a lot of cases going through it. Google then successfully managed to get that case hauled out of the Eastern District of Texas and into New York. In New York, there are a bunch of private cases as well. So there's all sorts of complications around discovery, things like that, that they have to manage. And now we know that there's not going to be a trial in that case until uh, 2025. So it's a long way out. I mean, that's five years to bring a case to trial. What's interesting about this new case uh, is the venue they've chosen. So they've chosen the Eastern District of Virginia, which is also considered a rocket docket. So theoretically, you could end up in the situation where this case actually goes to trial before the case that's more than two years older than it. And US law allows different groups of plaintiffs to argue the same case. So just because the issues are similar doesn't mean that they can't have two separate trials. And obviously, two sides to every story. So what's Google's side of this this story? So Google's vice president of global ads came out with a blog post shortly after the new lawsuit was filed, obviously accused it of being duplicative with the Texas case. And then I think the main criticism that Google hammers is that there is they, they claim that there is competition in this space, that you see the likes of Microsoft and Amazon uh, moving into the advertising market and growing their businesses. There may be a little muddying of the water about exactly what we mean when we're talking about advertising markets. Here we're talking about ad tech specifically, that's display advertising, but you can also have search advertising. Different companies operate different models. And I guess the injustice of the idea that they're being forced, if they lose this case, to divest they're facing a breakup of a key line of their business based on acquisitions that were initially cleared by regulators. So there's a sort of, uh, in Google's view, a sort of unfairness about that, that once you make a, an acquisition and that's cleared by a regulator, you should be left in peace. The decision's done, let us do our job sort of thing. Exactly. Okay, so turning now to Mike Swift to get a sort of deep dive on the Californian side of Google's problems, Google has been hit with three antitrust suits from the California Attorney General. Is Bonta done with Google or are there any other regulatory shoes left to drop? Well, we don't know for sure. Um, it is striking that uh, the California Attorney General really kind of, uh, you know, if you look at Google as kind of a three-legged stool, uh, they really targeted sort of the three key legs. You've got, you know, the search engine, which Google is so well known for. You've got uh, the App Store, which is kind of the the platform that governs the whole Android ecosystem. And then you've got ads, as Mike was just talking about, which is really the key source of their revenue. So it's quite a comprehensive attack. But one thing that was um, notable, I was uh, talking to uh, a person this week who's very familiar with the um, thinking of state attorneys general. And there was a settlement late last year where uh, roughly uh, 45 states have sued Google uh, over uh, privacy, over its location privacy disclosures, um, the same cases that's uh, been an issue down in your neck of the woods in Australia. But um, among those states, there was a, a very notable omission, which was the state of California. They didn't join any of these settlements. And um, this person I was speaking with said uh, that has really been noticed in the state attorney general grapevine. And uh, there's no way, according to this person, that California is going to do nothing on that case. So um, this person said, you should keep your eyes open for that because uh, something like that could happen. So 
It may well be possible that despite the comprehensiveness of the challenge that they've already uh, taken against Google, that there could be there could be more problems for Google in the pipeline from California. Okay, a lot to come potentially still. Now, of course, Google is a global powerhouse, but it's also a homegrown Californian business. So is it surprising, Mike, that the California Attorney General is pursuing Google's business so aggressively? You know, it's interesting you asked that because um, Mike and I were covering an antitrust conference in Palo Alto a couple weeks ago. And a senior antitrust official with the, the state attorney general, Paula Blizzard, got up and said something that really sort of struck me where she said, um, she never said the word Google, but she said, we're not about protecting a particular brand or a local brand. We're about protecting Silicon Valley. And, you know, Silicon Valley's more than a place. It's really an idea and it's based on innovation. And it's been this incredible innovation engine. And what Paula Blizzard said is that, you know, our thinking is that we want Silicon Valley to be here five years or 10 years from now. We want it to be the same way. And we want to have that sort of creative uh, destruction that you have where newcomer competitors are able to take on the big dogs, you know, the Apples and Googles and uh, Facebooks of the world. She didn't mention any company names, I'll point out. But, you know, that was really striking to me. And, and it also reminded me that um, after Rob Bonta uh, took office, he gave MLUX an interview and he made it very clear. He said, uh, I am going to be really active on this front in, in uh, protecting competition. And he's really living up to his words on that, clearly. Um, he's a progressive. He's a uh, got a real background in civil rights. So uh, I guess it's not all that surprising that he's in fact taking such an aggressive stance against these big corporations. Yes, I referred to Rob Bonta, of course, earlier as simply Bonta, but Rob Bonta (laughs) is the California Attorney General to which we are referring in our conversation today. I'm really interested, Mike, by that point that you're making about this protection of ideology and the the idea and ideology of Silicon Valley and whether that can be even protected when we're so far down the track of these global giants, juggernauts, whatever you want to call them, existing. But I'm interested that there are people so actively talking about the protection of those ideals. Yeah, and, um, you know, the uh, the California AG has staffed up its antitrust staff, at, you know, along with New York and Texas. It has the biggest antitrust shop among the states. Um, you know, so... Uh, they may not be done. Uh, the, you know, they may be. We we don't know uh, at this point who else they're investigating. We know that they did uh, launch an investigation of Facebook a couple years back. We've been waiting for the uh, shoe to drop as it changed its name to Meta Platforms and, since, and it hasn't yet. So that's certainly a possibility. But um, I, I have a feeling they are not done at this point. So uh, we'll see what happens in the coming months. They're also suing Amazon, of course. They filed a lawsuit um, back in September under state antitrust law where they're going after Amazon for its uh, rules for third-party sellers. That's going to be a huge lawsuit. It seems highly unlikely that they will settle on that. So that will, there will be developments on that in the, over the next couple of months. Amazon's trying to get it dismissed. There's also a fight over unsealing of that. At the press conference when he announced this, Bonta said that there was a the, the sealed parts of the complaint, which would include internal communications, presumably between Amazon staff, include some quite uh, compromising information. So it's it's sort of indiscriminate uh, at this point. It does seem that the net is cast wide and they are after monopolies 
um, that may be you know, using the fact that regulators have been slow to catch up to impose rules on their platforms, which are crushing small businesses, which goes right back to Mike's point. I mean, the, the issue is, and, and it's very hard to quantify how much has innovation been damaged by this conduct if it has indeed been damaged. What companies would we have seen, which we haven't seen? And that's, you know, it's almost impossible to know that, but that's that's very much the philosophy at the core of it. Okay, with philosophy and ideology, I think we'll we'll wrap up. These cases clearly show no sign of slowing down and MLEX subscribers, I'm sure, are very grateful to have you both following these matters so closely. Thanks both for your time today. It was great to chat. Thanks, Laurel. Thanks, Laurel. That was MLEX's Chief Global Digital Risk Correspondent, Mike Swift, and Senior Correspondent, Mike Acton, who both joined me from San Francisco. You can find links to the coverage discussed in today's podcast at mlexmarketinsight.com. That's M-L-E-X marketinsight.com. And if you click on the News Hub tab, you'll find all the very best of MLEX's reporting and analysis. Our subscribers have access to the full portfolio of our work from MLEX reporters on the Google litigation brought by the US DOJ and State Attorneys General over alleged monopolisation of digital advertising. We'll be back next week wherever you get your podcasts and you'll notice some bonus material appearing over the next week as well. We'll hear from our global financial services team about a changing landscape as regulators grapple with crypto assets and sustainable finance. And I should pop up again next week on the other side of the microphone for a bonus episode to talk about my exclusive interview with Australian antitrust chief Gina Cass Gottlieb, which will feature in a special report. But for now, it's up to me to bid you farewell. If you enjoyed today's podcast, why not pass it along to another like-minded competition law enthusiast? Rate and review us, it helps others find us. Today's programme was presented by me, Laurel Henning. It was produced and edited by the one and only James Paniki, and magically appeared online thanks to the kind efforts of MLEX's London-based marketing team. Thank you. The podcast's executive producer is Richard Thompson. And from everyone here at MLEX and LexisNexis, thanks for your company. I'll see you soon.